Hi, my name is Anna Marcoline. I'm a psychotherapist and life coach who's been practicing for 25 years. This podcast is my way of continuing to pay it forward. I am here with you as a therapist and life coach, but I'm also coming to you as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and a friend. I'm here with you and I want you to know that you're not alone. Welcome. Let me introduce you to my partner, AG1. If any of you have been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you know that I am a huge fan of AG1. I started taking it several years ago when I just got sick and tired of taking so many different pills and supplements in the morning. Most times I would forget. If you're anything like me and you don't take your needed supplements seven days a week, then AG1 is for you. It's really, really hard for most of us to keep up with a supplemental routine that comes with a bunch of different products. AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. So why take a bunch of different things in the morning when you can just mix in one scoop of powder and water once a day? Or if you want, do it at lunchtime or do it at night before you go to bed. But you know, you get that one scoop of science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients, you are good to go. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash Anna. That's drinkag1.com slash Anna. Check it out. You are not going to be disappointed. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode number 137. So we are talking about how to be a good talker. And this has come out of many conversations that Tim and I have had over the years about how to be a good talker and what I really mean by that. And I think what we both actually really mean by that is how to be a good listener. And listening is a, gosh, it's a key component to deepen relationships with people. And it's a big problem that many, many people have in their intimate uh, relationships and even in their, you know, less intimate friendships and coworker relationships. We, I think as North Americans, we tend to have, especially Americans, we have trouble listening. Well, maybe it is an international global problem, but I just know that in this culture, we are people who like to talk and we don't we just don't listen that well. So we have been having many conversations around it about, you know, how I like to express myself, how you express yourself and what I see with my therapy and coaching clients. So that's what we're talking about today. And I had a list of what I was going to say to all of you about how to be a better listener. And it really is around boundaries, but I think I'm saving that for the holidays because I do this every year around the holidays. I talk about boundaries because it really is about boundaries. So today we're going off script. And I like that a lot. Yeah, we're just we're just gonna talk. We're just gonna talk. <laughs> we actually threw the list in the garbage. Like you guys are all here sitting with us in my office, <laughs> all of us crammed into my office, talking about how you can be a better talker, i.e., better listener. Yeah. So that people will talk. I so I love the title, how to be a better talker yeah. or how to be a good talker, yeah. right? 
is it it makes you think we're going to talk about something and we're actually not we're talking about something completely different right so it's how to participate in a conversation in a in a way that allows everybody to have their moment right to share right you know okay so this this really the topic came out of the topic for this this episode came out of a very popular book so this is probably 25 years ago when the Samantha and Marissa were little so I did, uh, the two little girls and there was a popular book parenting book that was called how to talk so kids will listen and I forget the name of the author uh, it was a very popular book so it was really about how to talk to your kids so that they would listen and really so how you could get them to open up and talk to you about what's going on in their lives and and I thought about that book and I thought about that title and I thought you know what really it's how to listen so kids will talk. And I used to think that. Like, mm, I think the, the title is, is off a little bit. But this applies to all of us. How to listen so people will talk. If you want to deepen your relationships and up your, your practice, you want to you know live a higher level practice in your life. So I'm talking with all of you as a life coach. If you want to up your game, Learn how to listen to people, really listen, and to be present for them. That's living a higher level of practice. Yeah. Have you ever gone to, have you ever seen, I mean, you can go to training on how to be a good speaker, right? Mm-hmm. There's oh, yeah. millions of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there Good Toastmasters. Yeah. Have you ever seen anything on how to be a good listener? Have you ever like... Yeah, in college, in graduate school. Okay. I took courses in it. <laughs> courses. You took courses in it. Well, in undergrad. Well, in undergrad. because that's a, because of what you do. Because but, of what I do. Yeah. Under, undergrad in social work, we had we all, we had to learn how to actively listen. Yeah. It probably was my freshman or sophomore year. It was a class in active listening, and that's why, you know... Not not hating on the, on the other coaches and the coaching certifications out there, but that's why I haven't done it because much of the coaching certification classes are around, you know, what I learned when I was 19, 20 years old. I mean, it just was a part of the classes that we had to take, and it was active listening and, and learning how to engage, you know, your so professionally speaking, how to engage your client and how to ask questions and how to listen and really listen. Yeah. Um, you know, I would venture to say I way you know they say you have you can't call yourself an expert until you've had 10,000 hours I've had way more than 10,000 hours because I've been doing this since 1990 wow 93 I mean and I did internships in undergrad and graduate school so I'd say you know tens and 20 and 30,000 hours of listening um so we're I'm taught to listen for what it is the client is really not saying so that's not expected of us to do that with our friends or our, our family members. You it's know. not, but my gosh, I think, wouldn't that be a great class to be like a gen ed class? Like that should just be in life, how to be a good actor. How to really listen to yeah. people, right? There's a lot of people have no idea what that even is. Yeah. Like, well, no, like th- those are no life clue. skills. I mean, those, exactly. sh- those yeah. should be taught in boardrooms. Those should, should be taught be. in the C-suites. That should be taught... You know, at every level, you know, doesn't matter what you do professionally. It should be taught how to communicate well within families. We don't 
listen to each other. We talk and we talk over each other. And even when we think we're listening, we're often not listening. And I throw myself in the hat there too. I mean, yeah, I took active listening classes that I think I'm really good at what I do as a coach, you know, therapist professionally, but you know, Tim, you'll be the first to tell me this is what we talk about. Like, I don't always listen well with my family members. So, you know, I gave a good example. Um, I think before we started recording and I'll share all this with you, um, about how I was saying to you, I think it's so important that we give each other the oxygen and we create space for people to talk and, and we don't take up all the oxygen in the room. And, you know, those of us who are extroverts and those of us who are talkers tend to lack self-awareness around this. We do. I do. I know people who do. We do. And, that, and that's okay. No fault. It's just, it's something we do. The introverts, and I know that I am classifying, so there's extroverts, there's introverts, and there are ambiverts. Ambiverts are somewhere in the middle. My introverted clients have just as many thoughts, of course, and just as many feelings and, and things that they are saying, but they're saying it inside their head. They're saying it to themselves. The extroverts are more vocal and verbal and will get it out there and say it, and they're the ones who will maybe compete more to talk in a group setting. They'll be the ones to make sure that they raise their hand in class or the ones who are going to be talking in a group. Uh, the introverts, not so much. And, you know, what I think is interesting is that oftentimes, so the introverts have just as much to say, but they're not going to compete for the oxygen. They're not going to try to take up space. They're happy to sit back and keep those thoughts to themselves uh, or talk to one person maybe later you know, in the, in the break room, for example, they're, they're just, they don't have any desire to be competitive or to air quote, have to say, or have to have the last word or have to, you know, they don't have ego about it. You know, that that's ego. They don't have that ego. Um, not as egotistical as I think some extroverts can be. Now I am generalizing. So please, I'm throwing in that, that, uh, disclaimer there. This is, (laughs) I'm generalizing. Right. And there is truth to this, right? So I am more of an extrovert, and but I'm trained as a therapist and a coach. And a few weeks ago, I was it was a long day of clinical hours of seeing clients, both so therapy and coaching. And it doesn't really matter what. The, so some sessions are more intense and deeper than others. Some you know sessions maybe there's sadness, there's tears, there's depression, there's trauma, there's you really mess up family situations I'm listening to others. I'm just really kind of uh, talking to them more about, you know, it could be organizing their lives, moving themselves out of feeling so overwhelmed, uh, getting them, helping them with their habits. So it, it doesn't really matter so much if it's more surfacey level uh, conversations or the, or the deeper level conversations with the client. It's for me when I go back to back to back to back and, after a day of seeing six, seven, eight clients, I don't do eight clients. I don't even do, no, I don't do seven clients in a row anymore. I don't have it. I don't have the bandwidth. I did when I was 30. I don't now. I don't have the bandwidth. And I tell, I'm telling all of you this, I would not want to be, I wouldn't want to be a therapist or a coaches, either one. I wouldn't want to be your sixth or seventh client that day. I just wouldn't because they're not going to say it, but I'm telling you they're tired. And they're not going to say it, but I'm telling you, they don't have the bandwidth and they're not going to be able to hear every single word that you're saying. They're trying to give you their undivided attention. They just don't have the energy. They're not. They can't. 
they probably need to go take a nap and they need to go eat and they need to go lie down. Seriously, they need to go for a walk. They really ought to not be. I would don't be the sixth or seventh or eighth session. Don't because you're paying for a service, whether through your insurance or you're paying out of pocket. It doesn't matter. They just they're tired. Uh, that's you know. probably st- I would think that's standard in a lot of industries. Like at the end of the day, maybe the quality of whatever it is you're making, you're right. doing, right. blah, 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 goes slightly south, maybe. Well, right, because when I see my doctor, I try to be, I always try to be in early in the that's morning because I want them fresh. I never but thought of that. But really with this field, yeah. really with this field, um, especially I say in psychotherapy, it's really difficult if you're in a group practice or you take all the insurances you are a machine. I mean, you are a factory and I mean, no disrespect, but you are, and you're, you're going through client and you, and the therapist really cares. It's really compassion for the therapist because they have such hard jobs and you're going bam, 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 bam in a row listening to all these issues. It's very difficult. So, okay. So I was doing this last week. I think I had six in a row and I don't always, I don't, that's not normal. I don't like to see more than five people um, in a day. I just don't, I'm not back to back. Maybe sometimes I'll break it up and I'll see a sixth person, but I have a two or three hour break in between. And that's really important for me because I don't, I just can't. So that day was very busy. I had, I think six people in a row and I made plans to go out, uh, with my friends after. And I rarely do that, but I wanted to go out and I made the plans like a month earlier and it's in my calendar. I'm like a slave to my calendar. And I got almost too rigid about my calendar. So here's the opposite. It's like the, you know, not having a a scheduled routine. I like to stick to my calendar and I don't like flaking. And this went too much the other way. I don't want to flake on people. I take my obligations very seriously. I don't like canceling. I don't like rescheduling. I would rather just, and I wanted to go out. I was actually looking forward to it. But what I found was that I could not go from seeing so many people in a row and serving all day. I mean, I'm pouring myself and I love this. This is my life's work. I felt really feel called, you know, by God, spirit, universe to do this. It's, it's my life's work. I'm called to do it. So I'm happy to do it. I love it. I love my clients. It's not about the clients. It's about that. I served and served and served and served. And then I went out and was looking forward to just chilling, eating, having a glass of wine and connecting with everybody but what I found was that I was functioning like at a very low vibration. I was low energy, low vibration. And I really found, I surprised myself and I didn't think about it until later when you and I were talking that I really had no patience <laughs> to listen to anybody talking. It's not them. It's me. Yeah. I had no patience for anything talking about what they did that weekend, summer plans, their kids, anything. I just did not want to hear one more person talking about themselves. And I actually wanted to talk. I want to talk a little bit. And I felt this come from with this urge from within me. Like I want to talk. And I felt, I felt myself getting like, like a little irritated and it has nothing to do with my friends. And my friends are listening like, Oh, was that you who was talking about us? In the, was that us? You were talking about the, talking about the podcast. Oh, last you week? know who you are. Yeah. No, no, but it was really, this is a vulnerability. I mean, it was really about me and my impatience 
but what is the impatience about my, maybe my lack of self-awareness around, and now I know that there are times when maybe you do need to reschedule going out and there are times when maybe you, it's okay to air quote flake. And I hate that term, but it is a term, um, on your friends and maybe a month ago, Anna, or you, you ought not to have planned to go out, like meet them 30 minutes after your last session ended because I went and I fixed my makeup. I changed my outfit and I was out the door and it was go, go. And I drove go, 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 go. And I was tired. And what I really needed to do was I needed to get on my like big, massive oversized clothes that I know you love me wearing my huge shirt and my oversized sweatshirt and I needed to eat and I needed to just make myself my young, you know, my diet tonic water with my lime, my drink I love. And I needed to just chill and maybe watch a show that we're watching streaming and then go upstairs. Like I do my routine, wash my face, do all my facial serums and stuff and read a book and go to bed. That's what I needed to do. Looking back in hindsight, and I didn't do it. And I went out instead. And I realized, and I left early. I was the first to leave. I just was like, I need to go. Because I didn't have the patience to listen to anybody. And it's not them. They had no idea. It was yeah. me. Yeah. See, I like this. Because I, I I mean, I asked you this question earlier. Yeah. And too bad we weren't recording the first time. I know. We <laughs> always say that. I wish we just turn on the recorder and yeah, start right? recording. And just start talking. There's but, very real conversations. Because yeah, yeah. I really wanted to know, like, so I know what you do during the day. I, I have a great idea what you do during the day, just because there's sometimes where, you know, maybe I'm working in the house and, you know, I just, I know you're busy and it's, you got 10 minutes on the hour, you got nine, eight, seven minutes, and then it's the next client, right? It's just, yeah. it's boom, boom, boom. It's clockwork. You got time to pee. You got time to, you know, maybe get a cup of coffee, make, uh, pour myself some water. Not much, not, not much. much time. Right. Yeah. So, but that's why I asked you that question. Cause I was curious, was it like at the end of the day, is it that you were, you were just done listening? Like you had had your quantity of listening Yeah, I think and you, so. and you right. needed to just have quiet time or was it you had your quantity of listening and now you needed to talk a lot? Right. Because or was it a combination of both of those where you just kind of need to get away, maybe hang out with one person like may, maybe you hang out with me and you'll kind of recap your day a little bit and then go about your night just chilling, you know, and it was interesting to have you answer that question because you just did answer it. And that's kind of what you already said. But I was like, that's why I asked it because I was curious. Yeah. I mean, I think there's times for all of us that you know, and, and it was a lesson for me to check back in with myself and to ask myself, what do I need? Because, you know, if I think about that evening, somatically speaking, I felt tense in my body. I felt like just my shoulders were tense and I, I felt like more in my head, my feelings are in my head. I felt annoyed and had nothing to do with them. It was with me and that I, so I realized somatically, I did know it in the moment at my friend's house that I need, I probably need to not be here because yeah. I'm, I'm feeling irritated and I'm feeling impatient and I probably ought not to have, like I said earlier, made, made, uh, those plans. So going forward, I will do everything to not, well, I, and I rarely do this. I won't work until the evening like that and then go right out from there. When I spent, and that was a long day, when I spent the day serving others, I think I needed, number one, I needed quiet, needed to not go out. 
And number two, I think I just needed, maybe I need some attention paid, paid to me. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like, I just think like I needed some attention and if I stayed home here with you, you would have given me the, just a, a t- attention to, I don't know, talk quickly. And, and for you and I, it's not even a, that wouldn't even be, it would just be like, how's your day? What's going on? Yeah. What do you want for dinner? What do you want to watch? You know, let's, we're watch our next, uh, we're watching succession next episode of succession. That's it. Like it was, it's a surfacey. It's just, it's not deep conversations cause I don't want to have them. Yeah. Um, but I think that, and then sometimes I do need to just kind of talk and, and talk about what's going on in my life or in my heart or in my head. And, um, so that led to this whole episode which were totally off script about, I think it's really important because when I, to, to let other people talk and to not, to, to try your best. And I'm, I'm really working on getting somebody who's an expert on this topic about self-awareness to come on the podcast to talk about how so many of us, we think we're self-aware and we're not. So many of us lack self-awareness around this. And, you know, what do they say? And I was actually just telling, uh, just talking with a client about who has some pretty bad social anxiety going to cocktail parties. And I was just saying to that person, when you go next time, we're going to get a game plan together, but here's what we're going to talk about, how you're going to learn to ask these, these, uh, their potential, uh, actually employers at these cocktail parties, uh, you're going to learn to ask them questions about themselves because, People love, and I told her this, people love to talk about themselves, love to talk about themselves. So if you can go and you can learn some good questions and you can engage them and you can, you know, talk to them. In this case, it would be talking to them not about their work, but about their personal lives. They really get into that. If you ask them about their kids or what, what they did last weekend, they'll get into it. They'll tell you about their lake house and they'll tell you about, you know, the 4th of July party or whatever it might be that they did. Right. Uh, I think that that's a skill and it is a skill that we have to learn and we have to relearn and relearn and relearn over again. But that is higher level living for all of us. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I so I have a couple of questions before this one, but let's keep on with this. So I think that's a strategy, right? Right. Because if you think about like you've been in a social situation like that, and you've had somebody that's given you a lot of air quotes attention because they've asked you questions about you, you remember that later, right? That comes back to benefit you maybe, in this case, your client, maybe they're going to get that look-see, that interview, that, yeah, you know, right, somebody's right, going right. to take a peek at their resume. Right. There might be something to be like, oh, this, is the, this was the client or the person that was asking me about my kids, and it was just a great conversation about that. You mean, so there is a strategy to what you're saying. I get it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you right. ask these leading questions, somebody starts to open up. She will be remembered. Absolutely, and 100%. She's, known, she's also known for her, for being outgoing, but she, and she's known for her curiosity about you as a person. Yes. Because at the end of the day, people, you know, the, this, this field of work that she's in, it doesn't matter what field of work that she is in or any of us is in. People want to feel that you're interested in them and that you're curious about them and it feels really good. So that's a really, that's a social anxiety strategy for how to manage yourself when you have to go to, you know, cocktail parties or networking events because we like to talk totally, right? totally. And, I, and I think that what I found that night and this is a little bit of a deeper dive for those of you who uh, you may have something similar to me is 
there are times when I do want to talk and what I find is that, and I've done this, it's so immature of me. I just start talking. I just will start talking. Um, it, not interrupt. I, I don't, I don't think I'm rude. I'm not rude. I don't think my friends would say I'm rude, but I, I will start talking about something segue. And I realize I do it because I want to have a voice and I want to say something when everybody else is talking and this is like nine times out of 10, I'm not this way, but that night I was, and it definitely, and I know this is overused word, this word trigger. We've been saying it in my field for 30 years. It's always been a term triggered is a word we've always used in psychology. Um, but it or triggered or tapped into something that I know what it's about. It's about not feeling heard as a kid. That's at the end of the day when the chips are down, that's what this is all about is not being listened to, not feeling heard, not having a voice. And so I've dealt with this so much and I feel like it's resolved and then this happens. So it's just something I think I'm living with. It doesn't have to be resolved. It's okay. I'm living with it just to be aware for me and to be aware that there are times you get triggered. What's it about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Because it's like seven-year-old Anna is feeling ignored. Seven-year-old Anna is like, shut up, little girl. I'm talking. You be quiet. You know, you know, six or seven-year-old Anna is not talking because there's so many other members of my family who are loud and talkative. And what I have to say doesn't mean anything because I'm in first grade. <laughs> right. I have Move five along. older siblings and I have a mom and a dad <laughs> and it's a great family, yeah. you know, but I'm sure that my two younger sisters, I, I wonder Marie and Paula, they probably feel the same way. You know, like <laughs> you're a first, second grader who cares about your life? You know I mean? But that was a lot of my growing up years. And so when this happens now, it's okay. I am aware of where it comes from and for me to just work on it and to really, you know, sh- throw myself compassion and to lean into knowing, asking myself, what do you need? What do you need, Anna? What do you need? And sometimes I'll say, what do you, you know, the little girl, what do you need? And that's a good example of that night I needed to uh, not talk at all to anybody after I was done and to just really, you know, kind of soothe myself. Self-soothing is really, really important to know how to self-soothe and know when you need to self-soothe. That's what I needed that night. But we are going off a little bit into another category. So I want to get back to how to be a better talker. Yeah. Let me ask you one question. Can we go back to that girls night out real quick? Yeah. So let's just say that one person that came to that girls night out was in their, their line of work or their profession was completely opposite of yours. So they weren't listening to people all day. They were talking all day. Yeah. Right. I don't know what that is. You know, what, what, you're in customer service, I guess, or yeah, maybe you're right. dealing with public or I, what it could be a bunch of different things, I guess. How does that person then go into this situation? Do you think mentally? I do, don't know. I don't know. I just wonder if that depends would be, on their, I guess what they need in that moment, what yeah. they don't need. Are they pretty happy to listen because you know, because they've been talking all they day. Might be. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I'm just interested to know. They might be. be. It, uh, customer service, you know more about that than me. I mean, sometimes you just don't want to talk and you just want to sit back and let her, let everybody else talk and just listen. be entertained for a little bit. Maybe I, I, I remember sitting back and listening Yeah, and f- feeling impatient with it 
And that's why I'm saying I'm first to admit, you know, I had, I was low vibration at that point. I just, I started to lose. I'm like, I'm not at work. And I felt like I was at work again. I'm like, I'm not at work. This is like, I don't want to do this. Well, your listening cup was full. My listening right? cup was full. It yeah. was full. And yeah. so now it was time to either just be with that and be quiet and just kind of just enjoy your night doing something else. Or it was time to like, just let yourself talk and let yourself be heavily engaged, but be an active participant in those conversations. And, and you know, it, this really comes down to, of course, this is a life's work as well. It's, it, it comes back to always working on your own boundaries, you know, and the question that I always ask clients and you all can ask yourself, this is, and I've said it here on the podcast, what are you available for? What are you not available for? That's a really important question. What am I available for? And what am I not available for? And, and go from there, start from there and then decide, you know, what, what is it that you want to do? Do you want to, you know, go get involved, get on the, the PTA? Do you want to get on the school board? Do you know the commitment that goes into that? Are you available for that this year? Or are you not available for that? You know, do you want to be the one who heads up the bake sales at church? Uh, you want to be the one who heads, you know, at, you know, at temple, everybody going down to the homeless shelter on, you know, Tuesday nights. Do you want, do you want to take that on to, to work with the homeless? Wonderful, wonderful, um, charitable, uh, effort, but do you want to be the one who's in charge of it? You know, what are you available for? What are you not available for? What do you have the bandwidth for? Um, I think that's, we're talking about energy, we're talking about vibration, but we're talking about really being available for others so that they can talk with you and for all of us to learn to be better listeners. We need to be better listeners. I mean, I hear it all the time and I'm include, I'm throwing myself in that too. You know, I hope my clients wouldn't say this cause I think I'm really good listeners with them. Um, and my energy completely goes to them and to think about their life in a way that's a little bit different than from the way they're thinking about their lives. That's what they're paying me for. Yeah. They're paying me for lots of different things, but that is one thing that they're paying me for. My antenna is up about them and their life. My antenna is up and it's moving and I'm looking at them from a different perspective. I love that. But I think that sometimes what I need is, to have someone ask me about my life and really listen. Um, there's a, there's, that's a therapist. That's where you go. Where you talk all about yourself. Um, but I think in friendships too, it's important to be on the listening side and, and give oxygen in the room to other people and let them talk. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't, either they don't know that or they, they don't remember it. Right. They like to talk. They like to be the talker. They love the audience. They love, you know, the microphone. And then there's times where other people are like they want to chime in or they want to participate or they want to offer something. But yet. But they don't. They don't because it's like they weren't given the chance and, and they maybe were a little hesitant to like cut somebody off or, well, or exactly. over, overstep. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, exactly. you don't want to be rude, but like you also want to get your point out there. And there's, and again, right. it depends. Is it a work situation? Is it a friend situation? Well, you don't want to seem rude yeah. and you don't, you, you're not that, you don't care to be that assertive, to throw your voice in and like, uh, 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 and to, to say something, 
you know, it also depends on that person's energy in that moment. Like, yeah, I didn't feel like it. I wasn't in the mood. I was tired too. Or I just, it, there were so many people talking and over talking each other. And so many people who seem to want to have to say a say, forget it. I, I don't really care. You know, I, yeah, I think that it depends on the person. And I think it does depend on, like I said earlier, if you're more of an extrovert or an introvert, an extrovert might make more of an effort to, to get in there and to, to, I want to say something because it's good and it's fun. It's, you know, it's, it's not always competitive. Sometimes it's competitive, but sometimes it's just, they love talking with people and they love the, the connectivity that this conversation is bringing for them. Extroverts really, that, that feels good to them. Extroverts are not, it's not narcissistic. So don't get that wrong. It's very different. Extroverts are not narcissistic. They really thrive off the connectivity they get from others energies. So like I'm an extrovert and when I am in a, sometimes that's me, right? That's me in the group talking with other people. We're all laughing, talking, telling stories, adding to a story, adding to what we know about that story. And what I get off on is the, the eye contact and the nodding of the head going, yeah, right. Yeah. That mean that's extroverts really thrive on that. And I would say extroverts need that. Now, introverts don't so much. Introverts, so you're more of an, well, I don't know if you're an introvert. You're an, I don't know, you might be an ambivert, Tim. Uh, But my introverted clients are the people who really will not engage in that. I mean, they'll, they may sit there and smile and laugh along and they're very much paying attention, but they're not going to be opening their mouths up and talking and they're certainly not going to raise their voice. And what I love about my introverted clients is, they are such deep thinkers. Not that extroverts are not, but they are the deep thinkers. And when I get with them one-on-one in a, in a session, wow, they got a lot to say. So one-on-one introverts are chatterboxes. Lots to say, lots to talk about, great conversation, time flies. But they're not going to be the ones who are going to compete to be, to be listened to and to be heard and to throw their, their vocal name in the hat, so to speak. Uh, but I think it's really important for the, those of us who are extroverts to remember that there are other people who maybe they want to say something too. Yeah. I, I was thinking about the, like the, we talked about the strategy of asking that question, right? Like asking that question, gets you talking about like your family. Like there's a, there's, there's a strategy to it, right? Right. There's probably also a strategy when to not use that. Like, like if you've got somebody that's already occupying the room, cause there's, they have a lot to say. You certainly don't want to ask that one question that gets, gives them the opportunity and the green light to continue. Right. right. <laughs> like, like, Oh, you want me to give you my, uh, the history of my family? Oh, okay. And then they just phew, off they go again. You know, right. it's like, okay, wait, no. Well, I- and I think that that's so, and we will talk about this again around the holidays, but I think that does go into, you know, really working on communication skills, really working on, you know, having your antenna up about what you're available for and not available for. And it's, it's just always boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. It's always boundaries. You know, if there is a person who's talking, 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 and, and you feel flooded, flooded is overwhelmed. There's too much information coming in. Maybe you say you're sitting around and there's a lot of people talking. It's getting loud. Let's say you're at a family event and there's a lot of kids running around. There's a lot of noise. Kids are screaming. They're having fun, but our kids are, or, or babies crying. There's just a lot of stimulation and stimulation can come from all different sorts of auditory 
places to know what your boundaries are. And I'm an extrovert and I need to do this. Take a, take a break. So, you know, I had a client, um, who, when it gets to be too much, he goes and he starts washing the dishes at the family, you know, Sunday night family dinners. He just gets up and he loves his family. And this is, this is a, a happy family. I mean, they, they're a loud family and they're all laughing and there's tons of little children running around, but it's too much for him because he's got a trauma past something that happened in his childhood. That's too, very traumatic. He's dealt with it, but that's a trigger. So he has to get up and go wash the dishes and everybody kind of knows that that's what he needs to do. He needs to take a break. That's what he does. Um, I've talked about, you know, the holidays, like going outside, taking a breath, getting away from everybody, going and playing with the kids, um, if they're maybe they're quieter and that's a, that's an overstimulating for you, but everybody has to find what they're available for, what they're not available for. Everybody has to, I think it would behoove all of us to just to know what our boundaries are. You know, what can we tolerate? What can we not tolerate? What's too much for me? What's just enough? And, and when to know that it's just enough and when to know, okay, okay. It's getting to be too much. Like I didn't pay attention to that when I went out, you know, a few weeks ago, I didn't pay attention to it's too much for me. I can't tolerate this. And so, you know, I, I left a little bit early, but you know, really hindsight being 2020, I probably ought not to have gone out that night. I just didn't have the bandwidth for it. So at the end of the day, it really always does come back to boundaries. And so you know, this episode today is about, you know, we're totally off script here, but you know, welcome to you guys are here with us. I mean, this is just a conversation that we have, you know, weekly, daily sometimes about life and relationships and, and bettering our relationships. Cause you and I will get into it about, this is something that you and I've gotten into about like talking and listening and over talking each other. Or, I'm a talker. You're the listener. And sometimes you're like, all right, stop, talk, stop talking. You're talking too much. Let me say <laughs> that's something. enough. Yeah. No, you'll be like, stop. I'm talking yeah. now, you know, yeah. but, and I respect that. And it's good for me to hear. And I, I, I do, I do shut up, you know? Um, so I think it's, you know, and it's some older stuff that comes up from my childhood about being heard. It's learning how to self-regulate. It's learning how to self-soothe and it's, and it's learning to know what it is that we need without judgment. What, what, what do I need? And, uh, for those, for all of us to, to work on, if we really want to up our practice in life, really work on self-awareness around allowing others the space to talk. doesn't have to be deep dives into like their childhood, unresolved childhood issues. It's just deep dives into allowing somebody else to talk about how are you doing? Yeah. And when we quiet down and we listen, it is amazing what people will say. Yeah. I, you, you and I have been in countless situations where there's a small group. Maybe it's two couples, three couples, four couples. And we all know because of history, we all know the dynamics. And we also know the, the players, right? Mm -hmm. We know what everybody brings to the table in terms of their space that they occupy right but it's been interesting and i'm just thinking about this now because again we're completely off script at this point but like it's interesting to like see how when it's working well it's really working well yeah right like yeah. we all know that so and so 
doesn't really like to have conversations about this or that, but the conversation goes that way, but yet we'll still be able to pull that person into it in a creative way where that person's like good with it. You know what I mean? We've had really lovely dinner parties with like two other couples. Cause I think that once you get past six, it starts to get, it starts to get hard. And I know a lot of people who say to me, I don't do shallow. I don't do dinner parties anymore. They're too shallow. There's too many people talking. There's too much crosstalk across the dinner table. And I agree. I mean, I grew up in this loud Italian family where that was just, you know, the, on the daily. Um, and I am used to it. And I do enjoy having a lot of people over. I do enjoy visiting with people. But, you know, when you have more than six people and you have eight, ten, you know, four, five, six couples, you're just know that that's not going to be a night where you're going to really be able to connect with each other. I know people who hate that. They say, I'm not doing that. I'll never do that. I'm never doing it again. And I and, uh, have had many people say to me, I don't do more than three, cu- two other couples at my house at a time. So six of us at dinner. And why is it? Because that's when they really talk to your point, Tim. They really feel that they can connect and they choose the people. They choose people who are not some person, one of the, not one person monopolizes conversation. And so they've chosen those friends and they love to have them over for these dinner parties where they can lounge and really talk about maybe work and their kids, their aging parents, and they feel that they've really connected. So everybody has to think about what they need and what fills them up. Because I have had so many people tell me that over the years, which has been interesting. Like, no, I don't do, we have decided we don't do more than two other couples over for dinner at a time anymore because it gets chaotic and I can't stand it and it stresses me out. And I feel like I did all this work to prepare all this food and I didn't have one good conversation. You know, and a really good point. So yeah. to each his own, find what you need. And if you're somebody who's like, no, 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 I love to have a bunch of people over. You probably are somebody who finds you get your connection. Maybe you meet with girlfriends or a friend. You walk twice a week with that person. Or, you know, you go to, you know, maybe you go to a support group for something around your kids and you feel real connected to the people, the group members. So you get, you get strokes you get your needs filled in other ways so that you can have that dinner party. Some people are like, no, 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 that's just, even if I do go to those groups and even if I do go walk to my girlfriends, I still don't want to have that many people over anymore. Those days are over. I'm done with that. I want to really connect soulfully with my friends. So everyone's different. And it's really interesting, you know, for all of you to think about what do you need? What do you need in your friendships and how can you listen so that people will talk. And that's where you, you conversations become more meaningful. And that is how you get into more intimate relationships with friends and family members. Let people talk. You'd be amazed what they might say. All right. So this is, you know, up life set up for the third time. You want to, you know, move into higher level practice in your life. And this is in your personal lives and your relationships work on, you know, maybe for the next 30 days, every day, you're not going to have the opportunity probably the next every day in the next 30 days, but every day for the next 30 days, be conscious about, I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to let the other person talk. I'm going to let them talk first and see what happens. 
I like that. See what happens. What did you call that? It was active listening? Is that is active? That, active listening. Active it's just listening. active. Yeah. Simple, simple. Yeah. It's it's simple for me to say. It's a very hard thing to do for many people. Yeah, because think about it. Like a lot of times, people are like they're not talking. They're air quotes listening, but they're not really. They're actually well, thinking about what they're going to say yes. next. <laughs> they're they're quiet <laughs> right? enough to think because they're in their head thinking about what they're going to say next. So yeah. they're I'm mean, that's not active listening. No. So you know that there's a quite a bit of that, and we have talked about that before. Of yeah, I'm just shutting up long enough because so you could come on, hurry up, say what you got to say because I want to talk again. We're not talking about that. We're talking about learning how to just quiet ourselves down, take a deep breath and really being present, holding space and allowing the person that you're with to speak. And if you are an introvert, if somebody comes to you and is interested in you and curious about you and asking you questions and talking with you, take a chance, take a chance with them and talk about what it is that's going on in your life answer their question and see where it goes and see if they listen. And if you notice that they're quiet and they haven't opened their mouth up, they're not saying anything, keep going, take a chance, speak and see what happens. You might find that, oh, wow, I, that was really nice. It was actually really nice to connect with that person. And I got to know them differently and they really listened to me. Okay. Love it. Yeah. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Mad love. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review with five stars the podcast. Share with anyone who you think would find this podcast, this episode, uh, to be beneficial. And um, we'll see you on the next one. Mad love. (laughs) 